Today we are finishing up our series on the foundations of our faith. Thank you so much for joining us. One of the questions that has come out of our live streaming that came from one of the the children within our kids' ministry was the fear that they had that when we're standing here that we can see what it looks like in your living room. I think their fear was that I would be able to see them in their pyjamas as they watched church. Now, I want you to know that we can't see what's happening. Uh, We're just looking at cameras at the moment. But imagine what that would look like. And if I was to be able to look through this camera and look around your living room, what things would I see? Now, what would I see that would show your priorities in life? Maybe if I was looking through this and and I could see through the, the lens that you're looking, the screen that you're looking at, I might be able to see some family photos on the walls. Maybe I'd see some books. Maybe I would see a puzzle on the coffee table. Maybe you're still in bed watching this on a phone and I'll be able to see the colour of your quilted doona cover. Sometimes when we walk into somebody's house and we look around, what we see is that the things that, that people are devoted to are the things that are represented throughout the house. And today we're looking at just that, devotion, And what would it look like for us to be devoted to God on a daily basis? I want to say, if you were to look through the lens of of our home, what would you find? You would find multiple soft toys on the floor in different rooms. You'd find some small balls around the place and possibly even a Pringles packet that had been destroyed and torn into a thousand pieces. You see, one of the things that is our priority, one of the things that we are devoted to at the moment is raising, not children, we are still raising children, but we're also raising a puppy. And because of that, there are things that represent what it is to be devoted to this fluffy little animal. And because of that, we have the destruction of anything that's left on the ground, and the the dog chews it up, but also trying to train it what it can chew and what it can't with some fluffy toys and balls. Today, as we look at devotion, we're looking at priorities. And one of the great ways to find out what you are truly devoted to is not so much to look at where you spend most of your time, because all of us have obligations in life. You may be working, you may be a parent, you may be in retirement, maybe you're caring for somebody, and that will, because of all the right reasons, take the priority and the the largest amount of your time. But when it comes to being devoted to somebody, what takes the most amount of your heart? What takes the most amount of your spirit? You can still be at work and be devoted to God. You can still be external to to somebody and be devoted to them in the way that you care, the way that they consume your thoughts. And so today, how can we be devoted to God? Knowing that we've been on a bit of a journey through this foundation series. Firstly, we we learnt that you can pray to God at any time. And every single person on this earth has a deep desire to cry out to something larger than themselves. Every culture in history, every nationality across our globe has a deep desire to cry out to somebody, often when things go wrong, but also when things go well. 
And we know that the difference about Christianity compared to any other world religion is that when we cry out, we hear back. We receive something. We can get answers. We can have a conversation because it's not about obligation. It's about relationship when it comes to God. From there, we learned that once we start to have these conversations with God, we realize that, that, hey, there's something wrong with the world and we need to be saved from that. And we learned about salvation and how God loved us so much that we don't have to do anything to be saved other than accept the gift, the incredible cost that was paid when Jesus died on the cross. And, and once you have been saved, you want to live a different way. And so we learned about how we show that through the waters of baptism, saying that we want to be different. We want to wash away the old and be, be new again. We want to be immersed so much into who Jesus is that when people look at us, they see him. And after that, we, we need a consistent reminder, as we just heard when we went through the motions and, and heard about what communion looks like, and we went through those different, different ways that we express that within our homes at the moment. And as we take communion, we're continually reminded of what that represents and the gospel message that Amelia shared with us. And we're able to do that as a consistent reminder to get us back on track, to, to think about what Jesus did for us each time we gather. And so because of that, we want to be devoted to God. We want to be devoted to Christ. So how do we enter into that space? And today we're going to use a story from the Old Testament from the book of Joshua to do that. But first, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we open up Scripture and we see how your people journeyed forward, being devoted to you, being reliant on you, being focused on you, I pray that we would do the same. In Jesus' name, amen. So in the book of Joshua, we're looking at the, the very start of Joshua in chapter 1, and what's taken place is God's people were given some land, the promised land. They've gone and they've taken that land, and through a, a bunch of different circumstances, they've, they, they're not in that land anymore, and other people have taken it. They've taken the land captive. And so Jesus, uh, sorry, God had delivered his people out of exile and heading them back to the land, but they, they weren't really as devoted as they should have been. And because of that, God said, hey, you've got to be devoted to me for me to be able to, to bless you. And now they're heading back, and they're about to enter that land. They've made some mistakes, that they've paid the price of those mistakes, but now they're saying, hey, we want to be so devoted to you, God, we're going to be reliant on you and we're moving forwards. And so God talks to his ambassador, God talks to the leader that's going to do this, somebody that's standing in the shadow of a mighty man of God called Moses, and Joshua is about to lead his people into the promised land, and God speaks some words to him. And we read in chapter 1, verse 7, he says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all of the laws of my servant Moses that he gave to you. And do not turn to it from the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Now, in the verse prior to that, he said, be strong and courageous. And then anytime God says the same thing twice, it's like, well, you really should pay attention. If he puts the word very in front of it, you really got to pay attention. So what is God saying to Joshua? Be strong and very courageous. Well, sometimes when we look at a word, we need to understand what that word means. So what is the opposite of strong? Well, it's weak. And sometimes we have weaknesses. 
But when it comes to Joshua's leadership, when it comes to Joshua being faithful to God, when it comes to Joshua listening to God's message and not anybody else's, then he needs to be strong. And what happens when you're not strong? Well, the the lead up to this book of Joshua shows what happens when God's people aren't strong and aren't putting their faith in God, putting their faith in man and and, and people and their own abilities. And because of that, it, it didn't go well for them. And so God says, don't make that mistake again. Be strong. But what you're about to face is going to be really frightening because the, the, orig- the, the opposite of being courageous is to be fearful. You, you can't have courage if there's not a fear to overcome. Otherwise, you'd just be normal. But, but to be courageous means there's, there's got to be some fear. You're, you're doing something that is bigger than yourself, something that there, there is danger involved. And God is saying to Joshua, you need to be very courageous because what's at stake is more than yourself. You are leading my people, a huge mantle, a huge weight of leadership. That's why he says, I'll be with you wherever you go. Be strong and very courageous. If we were to put that in modern day terms and for the kids that are watching this at home, it's really God is saying to Joshua, I want you to be a hero. I want you to do some heroic things for me. I want you to do some actions to to make some choices, but to act in a way that is so heroic because a hero does something that is bigger than themselves. A hero does something that is there's not about them, but there's risk and there's danger, but they put their life on the line for others. And there is actions involved. A hero just doesn't sit there and do nothing. A hero doesn't sit there and complain. A hero doesn't just, just let somebody else do it. A hero has an action based on their character, but based on the cause And the bigger the cause, the greater the hero. And if we think in recent times of the movies that have been out, you know, the biggest cause is to save the world. And the hero here is to save God's people. Be strong and very courageous. It goes on in verse 8. Keep this book of the law always on your lips and meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. You see, this has just come after their their time in the wilderness. And the 40 years in the wilderness, well, you know, scholars believe that what would you do with 40 years? Well, you'd, you'd probably write something down. And so Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible during that, that time. And as he penned down with the skills that he, he gained from being raised in Egypt, he was able to, to write what is known as the Torah. And the Torah are known as the books of the law, the, the books that, that God has said, hey, I want to restore you back to relationship with me so that you may once again stand in my presence. But to do that, you need to be made holy, and to be made holy, you need to go through these, these actions to be cleansed once again from the wrong things that we've done and the, the way that we fracture that relationship. And, and what God is saying to Joshua is you've got to remember, don't forget how faithful I've been. Don't forget that, that my heart is to restore you. I don't want to punish you. I want to restore you. I want to bring you back into the relationship that we once had and to do that, you've got to meditate in my word. You've got to see my character. Now, in our Bibles, 
we're up to Joshua. That's, that's not very far. We have the, the privilege of having all of these amazing books and prophets and, and letters and kings and history of the Old Testament as well as when Jesus walked this earth and, and what took place with the early church and the revelation of what is yet to come. And we have the entire Bible. And these words ring true just as much as they do for the first five books of the Bible as the rest of the Bible. And so for us to be devoted as God is instructing Joshua, it's so important that, that we are so hungry for God's word, that we have a hunger to see God's character. We have a hunger to see God's purpose. We have a hunger to understand who God is and what his plan is for us as individuals, but also for the world that we live in. We then go on to read. In verse 9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. One of the beauties of Christianity is that God is with us. We know in the New Testament when Jesus died on the cross that the veil that, that stopped people from going into God's presence, into the holy of holy, the, the idea of, of us being with God in his presence, that thing that was damaged in uh, Genesis chapter 3, that, that, that relationship that was torn apart, that there was a place, his kingdom on earth, in this space called the Holy of Holies, where we could enter into God's presence if we had done the right things and had the ritualistic cleansing and we were able to enter his presence. But when Jesus died on the cross, the veil that separated us was torn in two knowing that we can enter into God's presence because of what Jesus did, not because of what we can do, but we can enter into that space and that at any individual time in history ever since, we can pray, we can cry out to God, we can have a relationship with him because of what Jesus did. And because of that, when we look at Scripture and we see what Joshua did throughout his, his time in leading God's people, they would, they would continue to, to, to create altars where they would sacrifice things and say, thank you, God, for this victory. God, we're about to do something, but we want to put you first. God, we want to send the priests in, in first because, because the priests are the ones that, that intercede in prayer and, and communicate with you day and night. And, and we want to be these people. That, that continually pray. But we want, don't want to do it in an arrogant way where we're asking for things for ourselves. We want to come before the creator of the entire universe. And so when we come in prayer, we need to be humble. In the way that we enter into prayer, we don't want to be arrogant. We don't want to be boastful. We want to be so humble in the way that we come before God in prayer. Knowing that God will be with us, the creator of the universe, an incredible privilege not to, to treat prayer lightly, but to treat prayer with the reverence that it deserves when we pray to the creator of all. Verse 10, so Joshua ordered the officials of the people, an incredible leader, has the leadership system set up that Moses did after Jethro said to, to put structure in, to care for people and to look after people. It doesn't all sit on your shoulders. You need people to do that, and we are so grateful at York Street to have incredible small group leaders and ministry team leaders that are caring for the people at this time. Joshua said to the officers of the people, go through the camps and tell the people, 
Get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross into the Jordan. There you will go and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you for your own. I love this passage because it mobilizes the people. And we see so many times in Scripture when God talks about the people. Now, at that time, point in time, it was God's chosen nation to deliver the message of hope that through this nation, God would send the Messiah for all nations, both Jews, the, the Israelites became the Jews, and the Gentiles, which is everybody else. God came for everybody, but used this people. And because of that, we, we see that, that this is the way that God spoke to his people in that time, mobilizing them. And like, likewise, God is calling us as his people to be mobilized in, in our daily lives. And we call this the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about that we are one body, but we're made up of many, many parts, different skills, different abilities, different tasks. But we all need to do our tasks in, in order for us to work together. And one of the things that, that I think is so beautiful is when you look at the body of Christ and everything is working in harmony, different skill sets, different passions, what we're able to see is a real honoring of what the body of Christ represents. And one of the things that, that I'm so grateful for at York Street is that we are a family. And a family has different generations across it. It has different, different skill sets and different fields and, and different interests. But we honor one another when we work in unity for the same cause, functioning in different ways, but working in an honoring way together. And so I want to challenge us when it comes to our, our discipleship journey, to, to being devoted to God, when it comes to the, the body of Christ, will we honor one another in the way that we each do our part in its varied styles to bring the, the message of salvation to the lost, but also to build one another up and to be known by the way that we love one another. So I want to challenge us today. As we want to be devoted to God, what would this look like? Well, firstly, we need to be hungry for God's Word. As a church, we believe that it is so important that we are anchored in Scripture. We are so anchored in Scripture, but we are led by the Spirit. And to be led by the Spirit means we need to be praying to God continually, no matter what our vocation is. You don't need to be a minister spending time within the church to, to be devoted to God. You can be wherever God has placed you in this season. You may be self-isolating at home, or, or you may be social distancing. Maybe you haven't seen someone face-to-face -face for six or seven or eight weeks. But you can still be devoted to God in the way that you are hungry for Scripture, in the way that you continually in communication and you humble yourself in prayer. From there, we want to be honoring to the body of Christ as we each do our part, as we send those messages, as we make those phone calls, as we, we send those emails, as we do those video chats, as we, we, we send gifts, as we think and when we pray for those who are in need. What an incredible way to be, be honoring of the body of Christ. And of course, we, we see time and time again that faith in God will be shown in our actions 
why it's not our actions that save us, it was Jesus Christ. When you have such a burning desire to honour him that is expressed in the way that we live, as we would see in the likes of James chapter 2. And so when we act, we act in a way that is for big, that's bigger than us. It's not just about us and a selfish faith. It's a, it's a generous faith that is for the sake of those who don't know who Jesus is. It's for the sake of those that are doing it tough in this season. And so we want to be heroic in our actions because a hero does things that are bigger than themselves. So we're hungry, we're humble, we're honoring, and we're heroic. I want to put some action points to to the way that we can be devoted this week. So that if someone was to look through the screen, the lens of your home, the lens of your life, and to look into your spirit, they would see that we are true disciples of Jesus Christ in the way that we devote ourselves to him. Firstly, I want to challenge us, will you read a book of the Bible this week? An entire book. You can choose a small book if you want to. But if you want to start somewhere and you want to see somebody who is was leading, who was challenged, then read the book of Joshua. If you're new to faith, then I encourage you to read one of the the Gospels, the, the books that point you to Jesus Christ, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. But I want to encourage us to get hungry for Scripture. And and in reading that, pray the humble prayer, God, what do you want from me out of this book? What do you want to reveal to me? What are you speaking to me? How can you use me? And and sometimes praying those, those prayers are hard work because God will show something that he wants to work on as he refines us to be in the image of his son more and more. So we want to read a book of the Bible. We want to pray the tough prayer. We want to be honoring one another. And I want to challenge us to show love to someone within the church this week. To show the the way that the body of Christ works together. To send a text message, to to send an email, to to send a care package. I I heard of um, the coffees being delivered uh, last week as a part of our pre-service, the the foyer pre-service segment. And what that meant to those that received the the coffees, we're seeing so many emails sent out and there's a a bunch of cards that are actually sitting on the the staff desks that many of the staff have only seen photos of uh, because they're self-isolating, but but where people have shown their thankfulness to the body of Christ and to the leadership and the staff of the church for what they've been doing. So do something to show love. But in the current State, uh, state of the world, I want to, sh- to challenge us mostly just to be heroic in our actions. A-, a hero needs to be strong and courageous. A hero doesn't mean that there's not going to be pressures in this world that, that are going to feel like crushing us at times. To, to be a hero means that there is great oppo- o- opposition but also a huge risk. Yet God calls us to be strong and very courageous because we know that when we do that, He will be with us. Wherever you go, 
Joshua 1, chapter 7. Jesus said those exact same words as his father said in Matthew 28. When he said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when you do these things, surely I will be with you wherever you go. If you've been journeying with us through the Foundation series, and we know that people have been reaching out throughout the series to ask for prayer, to ask what it is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We've had people reach out and say, hey, I want to be baptized now. I want to encourage us as a church to be strong and courageous. And the way that we do that is to be the body of Christ, to be Jesus' hands and feet in this world, in the way that we show love to others, the way that we are known by the way that we love one another, each doing their part to build to build honouring the body of Christ, to honouring the church that Jesus put together. So will you show love to somebody in the name of Jesus Christ this week? Will you have a conversation with somebody in the heart of saying, I want this, this relationship to end up with a God conversation one day? The biggest challenge would be this. Would you add God to a conversation this week? When you're talking to a friend or a family member or a neighbor, just say, hey, have you prayed about it? Can I pray for you? I'm a Christian. We're seeing time and time again those opportunities where people have stood for their faith, stood for what they believe in, and God has honored that. God has been with them, and they've had a faith conversation with somebody they never thought they would. And in doing that, people have taken a step closer to accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You see, the fruit of being a disciple is that we make disciples. So as we want to live a life of devotion, we want to make sure that we are continually anchored in Scripture, praying. We are part of the body of Christ, and we are acting in a godly manner. Thank you for journeying with us through this series. We pray that this has helped you take a step Maybe out of your comfort zone, maybe to reassess the foundations of our faith, or maybe to make a decision about which way to step when it comes to spirituality. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that when we pray to you, we get answers. That when we read your word, your character is revealed. That it's not through our actions because we have all failed, but through the action that you showed through your Son on the cross that we are saved. Lord, we want to be changed. We want to be transformed into your image. And we do that as an example as we go through the waters of baptism. To be born again in in the representation of what it is to die to self and to rise new. Immersed and living for the one who is our Lord and Saviour. Lord, may we never forget what it looks like to to be in your image, to to live saved because of what your son did on the cross as we remember those things through communion. 
May we devote our lives to you so that when people look through the lens and see who we are, what they see is people whose priority is you. People whose DNA, whose identity, whose actions, whose lives represent what it is to be a follower of Jesus Christ, saved with a purpose, with a, with a, with a reason for living, with confidence, who are living brave and courageous lives to share the good news of salvation with the people that they love the most. Lord, we devote our lives to you once again. May the way that we live show this to others. And may you continue to reveal yourself to us from this moment forwards. In Jesus' name.